0: When it occurred for me it was I was on it was a Sunday morning. I was headed over to Florence and I got stopped at the traffic light at Avalon and what I do not at all no, no matter how often or how much I think about this, I do not at all remember. Consciously making the decision to turn, but I did, and I came to Grace Life, and I've never gone anywhere else since. A providential traffic light. <laughs> well, yes, you know, who turned it <laughs> red? Yes, you know, it's yes. like, that.
1: We are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is my Grace Life story a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler.
2: We are here today To talk about another Grace Life story. And we are doing that with Marsha Coleman. She is a member here at Grace Life Church of the Shoals. My name is Matt Fowler. I'm the senior associate pastor at Grace Life Church. And Tim Martin is with me as well. And so we're here today to chat a little bit about how the Lord has worked in Marsha's life, uh, how she got to Grace Life Church, even how the Lord was working in her life prior to her coming to Grace Life Church. And so, Marcia, I hope you're doing well today. If you would, just start off by introducing yourself, just telling us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll go from there about your Grace Life story.
0: All right. Well, as you said, I'm Marcia Coleman. I am originally from California. I got to Alabama. Uh, my husband grew up in Florence, and when uh, he retired from the military, which is sort of like when we retired from the military. We decided to come back here because he did have family in the area, and, and that's what got us started here. My, my husband passed away in uh, 2002. He had lung cancer. And for me, that's where my Grace Life story starts. Um, it was a very difficult time for me had a lot of anger issues to deal with through it as well, which is not uncommon okay. in my particular situation uh, I directed all of my anger towards the Lord hmm. and continued to blame him for everything for quite a long time i'm not I'm not talking weeks and months it was a couple of years right, right. Um, that I could hold a grudge sure. and in effect, I uh, sort of translated it in my mind that I turned my back on anything and everything that I had grown up with, relating to the church and and to the Lord and and the work in my life or my family's life. There came a point in time, though, you you can only hold on to anger for just so long, sure. and, and you start thinking and processing things in your head. And I finally did come to the realization that uh, Tom was happy and healthy, he just wasn't here with me. Mm. And that sort of led a lot of things that I could let go of and and change in that particular way. And I felt the the urge or the, the drawing to come back to church again. Uh, we had been going to uh, First Baptist on River Road. Okay. Great people, you know, fine there. I, I have no issues in, in any way with any of that. I just didn't feel comfortable going back. Right. Um, could not determine whether or not that was Guilt or emotional feelings or or, or whatever, um, but it, it was not where I needed to be, and, and I recognized that right away. Right, so I started church shopping or whatever if <laughs> you want to say that. Sure. Visited a number of churches, probably five or six. Okay, and it wasn't just a one and done. I I feel like you know in my heart I truly gave each one of them you know a, a, attention from me to. And wasn't just, you know, what can you give me? What kind of a church are you? Right. And things of that nature. And I just didn't find anything that fit me or made me comfortable or, or happy, you know, at that point. I, my one sister-in-law over in, in Florence, that one that I have left, I attended church with her a few times. She now no longer speaks to me because of the choice I made of of mm. grace' life. Wow. She is Church of Christ okay. and I was going to church with her you know in amongst all of my other visits right. but I knew that that I was not going to to join, and I think she was convinced that I was you know and, and so this is this has been a great sticking point for mm. her. You know, through all of this, and when it occurred for me it was i was on it was a Sunday morning. I was headed over to Florence to pick her up and go to her church with her, and I got stopped at the traffic light at Avalon and Woodward. I do not at all no, no matter how often or how much I think about this, I do not at all remember consciously making the decision to turn. But I did, and I came to Grace Life, and I've never gone anywhere else since. A providential traffic light, correct? Well, yes, you know, who turned it red, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, is yes. like, that, I, I firmly believe that through all of this, that it, that it was the Lord working hmm. in my life. I, I, don't, I don't tell people that I think it was, I don't tell people that I believe it was. I know. Right. I know fully in me right. that it was all his doing and his action. I, I believe from the moment I started back to church again that, that he was the one that was not allowing me. You know, wherever I was going to go, that's not where he wanted me, so sure. I wasn't, it wasn't going to be the fit for me. Right. Because of the fact that as soon as I got to Grace Life, it was like an instant relaxation, if if you want, coming over me. Okay. Um, I, I was comfortable. Right. I, I knew that this was someplace that I could go. Uh, within a few weeks of the first Sunday I attended... You were you were first Baptist at the, at the time. Right, right. You started into the messages on changing the name to Grace Life. And part of those messages was the vision of what we were going to be down right. the road, what we wanted to become, everything about what this church was aiming to be and wanting to do. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I would like to be a part of that. Mm. Now, as as an older widow woman in the church, you know, you know there's not much I'm going to really do, <laughs> but you know, I want to be in on that, right. you know, that that right. sort of thing. And I was again, I feel blessed by the Lord with they um, he, he immediately put two people into my life, both very strong women. One was very strong scripturally and had tremendous patience with taking me through things. Grace Life, the, it's, it's like an aha moment, you know, just almost every week, you right. know, starting out that it was the Bible and Scripture was presented in a way I had never really had it before. Okay. And, and for me, that was the expository right. preaching and teaching that, that we do for me that does gives a tremendous foundation and a basis to anyone new coming into the church even if you've been under expository preaching before i've heard right. people say it's different here yeah. but that that gives you a basis i think in faithful attendance you yeah. know you you're drawn in you know mm-hmm. you become a part of the message in in the word and and you don't want to miss the next session right, that comes right. along. Amen. And that's, that's true on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, a small group, we present everything the same way right. that, that you are embedded in it as it's being presented you know, right. by everyone teaching and preaching. And I think that consistency... Is another thing that ties everyone together within the church, mm-hmm. we're all learning and progressing through these things together, even if you're more experienced in scripture than I am, or you're more, or if you've had 30 or 40 years of grace life already, yeah, it we still get all tied together, which keeps us as a very strong, to me, strong church unit. Right? I, I've had some people say, you know, you're so big, and, and my feeling is we only look big right. from the outside if, yeah. if you come in it's like you know one big family yeah. and it is you never know who's related to who you right.
1: know you it's <laughs>
0: like you know so and sos third cousin uh, right, know, and, right, and, yeah. and and you know they're all grace life members yeah. well, let, let um, me ask you about so what year was that
2: when when we had this providential stoplight, you make the turn, the Lord brings you to Grace Life for your first time? Do you remember the year that was?
1: It well, was a year 2008 be- is when we changed the name. It so was the that- year
0: before. Okay. It would have been 2007. All I know right. it was the month of May. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I don't know why I would remember that. Not the yeah. year.
2: Okay. All right. Um, so around 2007, so roughly, you know, 15-ish years or so ago, so... That first Sunday when you were here, now did you attend a small group on that day, or did you come just
0: for the service? No, I okay, came so just, just for the, for the service. service. All right, Brother Bill Newman. Okay, uh, came and spoke to me that day. Right. The next Sunday, a, a couple of people came and spoke to me as well. Right. I was sitting at the back. Right. Which is one where tall people do, and <laughs> and newcomers do. Right and, right. and I was both of those. Yeah. My next door neighbors were. Or still are Huey and Melanie Frederick. Okay, yeah, and their daughter Darby scooted over to them and said that Miss Marsha's here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> the like, neighbor has it's come like, to church, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: about that. Uh. Uh, so you know, Grace's life was not unknown to me. Next door to Melanie and Huey, Lisa Knight. Hers in around the corner from her. Right across my backyard fence was Al and Jenny Honey. Okay. And Jenny and I had become real close. Right. And uh, she was she was a great neighbor. Right. And uh, yeah, So, so we were surrounded t- by yes. Grace Life people in yes. neighborhood. Yes, and it yes. was like okay. almost a back, backyard or back fence right. ministry right. Yeah. from from all of those, because the, the conversation would always come around. There would always be the invite. Right. And I Amen. think that is, is one of the... The things that that people at Grace Life are known for, you know, I, I don't know where all these other impressions have, have come from over the years, because right. I still consider myself a newcomer. Right. But Grace Life is just full of friendly people. Yeah. And and I think they do demonstrate being a family, even though, you know, we're not all. Family related, right. as, as I joked about, but, right? Sure. But you know, it, it's still the the church is a family. Yeah. You know, that may be common in a lot of places, but it had never been common to me. Being right. a military family, we moved around a lot. Right. And you get into a, a lot of towns where, you know, we would go to church, but we never joined anywhere. At Grace Life is the, the first church I have joined from the one where I grew up as a child. Right. You know, so neither Tom nor I ever changed our affiliation any place we moved to because we knew we'd be moving on. Right. And I always thought it in my mind, you know, I don't have to be involved. The kids don't have to be involved. We're not going to be here that long. Right. You know, we don't need to You know, be a part of or whatever. And I would justify that the other side of it is the church knows that as well. They know Mm -hmm. that we're just passing through, you know, and and friendly, but don't expect us to do anything. Now, I will add this now in case I forget to add it at the end. I have learned through Grace Life that that is the biggest cop-out in the world that I have ever said about anything <laughs> in my entire life. Oh, and, and I know, as well as I know my own name, that if I had made an effort, and that's Grace Life has taught me, if I had taken that, that step in any of those locations, we probably would have had a totally different experience, right. you know, in any of those cities and locations. Yeah. Maybe in some churches not, but, right. yeah. you know, for, for the most part, I, I believe that, yeah. and it's like, you know.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to these two ladies... So you yes. get here to Grace Life yes. Church, and you started down that road. Okay, I, the Lord puts two ladies. The, who are those ladies, and what kind of impact did they have on your life? Name names. <laughs> uh, yes, we, we name names here. So. The,
0: the, the first one is Donna Bradley. Okay, yeah. In fact, can I tell a little funny story? Absolutely, well? yes. We're all about um, funny stories. It was probably my second or third Sunday, that I was attending and sitting at the back and and I was standing and Donna sits down front and... Always. um, Donna always always sits down front. Always, yes. And she saw me and she told Steve she was going back to talk to me and she, she came up and stuck out her hand and she said, I'm Donna Bradley, welcome to First Baptist. And I told her my name and, and that, that I was new and visiting. Uh, I still used the term visiting, even though I, I knew that right. I had found where I was going to stay. And then the next thing she says to me is, how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and, uh. and, and Donna's you know, she's a, a tall yes. woman also, but yes. still, I'm, I think I've got the... I think I've still got the the edge at grace uh, life yes, yes, from yes. the female side of Hyde. You know? uh, a- and she was the one that that scripturally Donna is is so sound, mm-hmm. and and would work through everything with me and took me into her small group class. Right. The other woman is Gina Holland. Okay. She is very strong prayer leader. I, I would put her in the category of a prayer warrior. She. Mm-hmm. You know, she can really pinpoint and 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 structure things. You know, for for your relationship with the Lord through prayer. Yeah, amen. And that was an, a very weak area. Uh, I would say, you know, I'm still not comfortable with it, but I don't have an issue. You know, praying right. when I need need to with right. with others right.
2: were they in the same small group class were, at that time
0: they were in the same okay. small group okay. class right. you know gotcha. so i was i was in with um, with both of them and it was you know with with in a couple of weeks of of meeting donna that you know i was i was in small group i had a, a prayer partner i was sitting down front you know and <laughs> and you know so it's it's like you know I was absorbed right, right away, right. and there is so much to for me to absorb, right. you know. And and they were very instrumental in in all of that for me. Right. And um, you know, you 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 get to a a point, or, or at least I did, with with the the preaching and, and the teaching, and I liked the the foundation, the the expository uh, approach to everything. And there became a point that I felt like everybody knew more than I did, you mm-hmm. know. And and you know, even to sort of a panicky point of, it, I'll never catch up, you know. How <laughs> will how will I ever manage all of this? It's like grace life then introduced me to accountability, right? And. I, I can say I hope I'm in accountability to my very last day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I truly do. I absolutely love it. Donna has been my accountability partner since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We've had people come and people go. There's sometimes it's been as many as six of us, sometimes just one other with us. Sometimes it's just the two of us. Right. Sometimes we've even had to take breaks. And then one or the other of us has had the need to start it up again it right. it becomes a need Amen. you know and and to me it was so very important because for me it tied right into the expository or expository aspect of, of grace life that you know I, I would find something that would speak to me that i would want to have memorized you know and and um, Psalm 119 has it you know hidden in my my heart is, is part of that and that was one of the the, the first ones that really st- stuck with me is to, to to be able to have the Word of God hidden in my heart and that it's mine and and uh, will be there always and you know when when you when you do that when you find that area it becomes sort of an automatic thing to Look at the scripture that comes before it, look at the scripture that comes after it so that you know, you know what, what you're memorizing, you also know the content of it, right. and, and that stays with you. You might not memorize right. or know exactly what it was said, but you know the whys and wherefores of, of what this scripture means to you. What was what was going on? What right. was happening? What the Lord was saying? So was that
2: was the expository preaching, and then just you know, as you hear expository preaching, you know, then you begin to learn to study the Bible expositorially mm-hmm. for yourself the mm-hmm. accountability and small words. Was that something that was new, or in all the churches as you guys had traveled, had that been something that you had experienced at other churches? That was very
0: new to me. Okay, and I'm not aware or remembered or was astute enough if. To notice, right? You know, uh, someplace else, right? But it—it it was new to me, and it was, uh, to me, it's—it's it's the blessing of, of, the preaching here because it—it right. it guides you, it leads you. It's—it's it's not just the word becomes a part of you; it's like you become a part of the word itself. And and for me, it's—it's it's maybe starting as. As low down the ladder as I did in, in my, my knowledge level, to me, it makes the Bible sort of grow. You know, when, when, you, when you read something the first time through, you're, you're picking up and, and you have the message, but there's different parts of that message or the word itself that sticks in your mind, that, that speaks to you the next time you go through it you're a little more mature you're a little more experienced in in what what you're reading and what you're right. what you're taking in and you pick up something else out of it you know it's like how did i miss that the first time mm-hmm. you know it's like and it's it's sort of just mushrooms from there yeah. and, and i know occasionally we've had with, with ladies in a, in a class, it's, it's, and it happens I think maybe more often with some of the Division Four is, is when we do our hearth and home or our family Messages, right? It's like, well, you know, this doesn't apply to me anymore. You know, right? Don't, I, but that's to me. That's not true, and that's what yeah. I try to explain to them. Amen. Is that now you'll pick something else out of it that applies to you? Right? Because you are still a family. Within your family, you've yes. got, you know, children, grandchildren. You've got information to impart to them that maybe you don't even realize Absolutely. that the Word will tell you mm-hmm. you have to share. Yeah. And and just go from there. Yeah.
2: I always think of expository preaching. Of course, I, I grew up hearing it from Brother Jeff. And then, of course, I now do my best by God's grace to practice it uh, as I get to preach. But you, you mentioned where it, it, it's as if the Bible grows. I always think of it as it's as if it comes alive yes. to a greater degree, right? I mean, there are or things maybe you read or you, you just skimmed through, and then when you begin to study it from an expository angle, all of a sudden the, it's as if the, the Holy Spirit connects the dots of how yes. all those scriptural truths come together and how not only do they increase our level of knowledge of God's Word, but also of, okay, now here's how I live this. Here are the implications Mm -hmm. from God's Word on how I apply this into my life and how it really begins to—I kind of always envision that as how how the Word of God goes out through our fingertips, right? How it gets into our hearts and then out through our actions as well. So, yeah. All right, so about small groups. So you've got these two ladies. You've got Donna. You've got Gina. They're ministering to you. First time in a small group class, was that intimidating? Was that— okay, hey, I feel comfortable here instantly. And you may not even remember that first time you get into a small group class, but what, what was that experience like for you here at Grace Life? <laughs> it was
0: like, <laughs> don't think, can you believe how tall she is?
2: <laughs> they, they always wanted to yes. know your height, right?
0: Now, you know, I can relate
1: uh, to that. Yes.
0: All, all of those ladies were much younger. Donna's 10 years younger than I am. Okay. But they all sort of took me in immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they recognized, you know, that I was not at, at the same level involved in, in, a, in a church life in my life, um, but, but they all took me on, you know, right away, right. Um, were great to me. I still, you know, see and talk to a great many of them and, you know, maybe someday They'll turn up in my small group class if <laughs> I keep teaching long enough. <laughs> but, you know, we'll all be back together sometime. Yes. But, no, small group, small group was, was a good thing for me. Donna yeah. is, is an excellent teacher. You get, you get a lot of the, the word from her. Right. Her, her ladies, you know, through her outreach and, and Gina being the prayer leader in, in the class, there's a lot of unity with with in her classes okay. now I, I haven't had a whole lot of of classes uh, i I've always sort of thought to myself that that once the Lord got me here and like I said you know I felt comfortable this is this is where I want to be, and I was doing all of these things. it was sort of like he left me alone mm-hmm. you know but the, the, then it gets to the point of i, I for me, in my life, I, I think the Lord tries to talk to us, mm-hmm. uh, communicate with us in all kinds of ways through the messages that we hear. We all hear something different right. when when you're preaching, and, and through just our study in the Word, and, and getting into to knowing a quiet time and a meditation time, just being in the Word. And I started... With the idea that, that I should be where I, I belong, according, right. according to the, to the word. I was, right. I was not in the small group class that was, you know, for my age group and, right. and that sort of thing. And I started feeling that draw. Mm-hmm. And so one of the years, you know, I made the move. No one, no one had a problem with sure. me, you know, before or after, whatever. Right. Right. But I made the move. And I was in the class with the the ladies that uh, were my age group. Probably three months into that small group year, the outreach leader had to move away Mm -hmm. health issues and was moving to live with the family because we were an older class. And they asked me if I would be the outreach leader. Normally, I, I say no to things like that. <laughs> I'm 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 not this person that 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 does things, you know. Right. It's like, and I said yes, <laughs> you know. Uh. And it was just, you know, it, and and I enjoyed it. Right. You yeah. know, I, I really did in, enjoy it. A, a bit after that, after I the Lord got me there and got me doing something, you know, in in the church. I have to, to go back just just for a moment sure, but, yeah, go ahead. you know there there were things that I had no concept of when I came here uh, about being chosen or of the elect or of gifts mm-hmm. and service mm-hmm. right That's not me uh, From right. the day I was born, I was probably the most spoiled wrapped up. Kid that there ever has been, and my husband continued spoiling me, you know, <laughs> all my life. Right. You know, and so where I said it, you know, I don't, I don't do things. Mm. I have others do things. Right. You know, that's right. that's just not me. You know, and I'm finding I'm doing things, and it's like, man, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is different. You know, and a third woman came into my life uh, or had been for a while and suddenly became very instrumental and that was Sandra Brown. Yep. I used to love to sit and talk with Sandra mm-hmm. and she'd tell me stories about herself and, and Archie and their life and things they'd done and that was so beneficial for me mm. because I could you then mean, relate. Tom I, and I felt like that, you know, we we did things you know and it was a way of me you know really getting back into my memories and and right. having having all of that become a really good sure. important part of my life mm. you know oh. and and that worked and and with Sandra she just out of the blue one day said well you know we could use some help in the small group office and, of course, I'm mean, like, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I can do that, you know. And, so you and found yourself
2: saying yes to something else, yes, right, once again. Yes, I, so. I said
0: yes to something else, you know, yeah. and it's like, to me, I, I still have to relate this all back. But the, the Lord has put people hmm. in my life when I've needed it and when he's wanted it. I don't know if he's doing it for me that, that these are all, you know, things that they're his, his graciousness to me, or if with any of this, there's something he had wanted me to do or, or be a part of, you know, I have no concept with any of that. It just, as far as I know, has happened and progressed through my life, and I, and I right. believe that he has been the factor. He has been leading me Amen. and still does with with things and and that got me into the the small group and, and office and then brother David, got a hold of me and, and asked me to teach a class. Brother
2: David has a way of finding people and getting them into small group leadership, right?
0: And you can't tell him no. Yes, he absolutely. Has, That's he why has, he's so good at his he job. He has these puppy dog eyes. You know, <laughs> it's like you cannot tell the man no, uh, that you won't do this because you'll crush him. Yes, you know? yes. So. But, but yes, and, and and he asked me if I would teach a younger class. And I thought... I said, you know, what do you what do you mean? And he says, well, he says, I was thinking about you know, division two, you know, they're in their thirties. I don't even remember my thirties. It's like, you know, those those are those years just flew right by. Right. It turned out you might not want to, you know, use some some part of this because it's 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 my intense feeling with it. He had me scheduled in for a uh, division two class, and two ladies came to him that wanted to teach and outreach and be together, and they wanted, you know, to to do that division in that class. The only class he had left was division three, fifty year old, the very first class. Okay, that put me in. Contact with um, Gayla Whitehead. Yeah, which is probably one of uh, the most intense hmm. relationships I've ever had. Yeah, that was that was again that is not me. I am not that kind of person. When I think of me, it's just things. Right. happened, yeah. and yeah. and I think that that was all. I think Brother David was used mm-hmm. to get me there. Yeah, and just and for a little
2: context, as Marsha has mentioned, Gayla Whitehead, Gayla Whitehead has gone on to be with the Lord, and I remember uh met with Gayla a number of times, and uh, she had cancer at some point and then went through a lot of treatments and would, would do a little better, and then ultimately was discovered that uh, there was no more treatment left for her, but Gayla, one thing that always struck me when I would go to her house, pray with her, visit with her, uh, I, I'd never seen someone that still had so much joy
1: yes. in the midst of yes. of
2: literally Gayla was on her deathbed, you know, at times, and you could go and she would she would just say, "Brother Matt, I'm trusting the Lord. things are going to be okay. Uh, she had two young kids, obviously, that uh, actually more two young kids and two older children um, as well, and uh, but just God's sustaining grace. In her life, and uh, actually, just the other night at our dinner table, we were talking about Gala and just how the Lord preserved her. And, Of course, she's she's with the Lord now and, and healed of her cancer. But yes, as a as maybe a first small group assignment, that's definitely swimming in some deep waters as far as the care side of small groups yeah. is concerned, for sure. So, yeah, wow.
0: And there's no way I could have given Gala. You know, the, the relationship that that we developed at that point without the ladies in the class, mm. you know, that we had that year. Right. You know, they were tremendous about taking over all of the other things mm. and mm. left me free to just do whatever gala right. wanted or needed at that particular time. Right, yeah, and, wow. Uh, wow. It was a tremendous experience. Yeah. You know, I just, um, it's like my father passed from lung cancer, my mother from colon cancer, my husband from lung cancer, my oldest daughter is an 18-year survivor mm. of uterine cancer. Oh. It's just, I absolutely hate that disease in yeah. any form it comes, right. you know, and it's just, um, it can just be so devastating, but it also opens up so many things to other people. It's it's amazing how giving some of the people are right. of... Um, of their feelings and emotions mm-hmm. uh, going through it, you know, which hopefully helps others yeah. you mm-hmm. know yeah. with it. Yeah. So that was but your that was, that was your first small that was group my leadership. First
2: spot. Small okay. Group, okay. Yes. Right. So and, what what are you currently doing in small groups? Are you currently leading a
0: class or an outreach leader? What's your current role in small groups, or are you just a member at this point? Well, Brother Tim was very instrumental okay. in this. He and I had a conversation one day and it was just just a general you know chit chat kind of right. conversation and it was at the point in time when um, d- no one didn't really know what was you know going to going to happen with with the classes or whatever right. and and I said if you know that last class you know ever needed anybody or that type of thing I would love to do it you know I, I know the those ladies and I said you know just you know, file it in the back of your mind, and and I think it wasn't but a little while later uh, when the way Brother David, you know, explained it to me is, you know, he's in there moaning and groaning, and what are we going to do or whatever, <laughs> and Brother Tim says, you know, well, we can do this, and it was like, how do these things connect up, and, and right. I believe that, you know, the Lord is using all of us in ways that we don't even. Absolutely, visit. I mean, it
1: was it was one of those things of, you told me one day mm-hmm. I really want to do this one day. Mm-hmm. David and I had the conversation almost like two days later. He said, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> Let's go talk to Marsha.
0: <laughs> and and uh, and you know one of the very interesting things about that. This is now the, the last class in Division Four, and you know I'm of the opinion you need. To embrace that fact that it's the last class, you know, your next promotion is the ultimate yes, one, glory, you know, the right. one we all want. <laughs> yeah. You know, enjoy what we have and what we're doing, but there were five ladies from that Division Three, fifty-year-old class that I now have their mothers. Oh, wow. In the Division Four, right ladies for yeah. class, you know, that. and it's just, it's just, it's so interesting, yeah, you know, and, and just an amazing kind of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. I just sort of like that. Yeah. Things like that, that happen.
2: Yes. All right. So let's, let's also talk a little bit about, and you mentioned this, that it, at some point, Sandra says, you know, Hey, we mm-hmm. could use some help in the small group office. And so that's been years ago and you're still helping mm-hmm. in the small group office. So you volunteer Uh, It varies on what days and how many days a week you come, but but what's it like being a volunteer in the Grace Life office?
0: Well, you might not remember, but but I I did had to have to come to you at one particular point because I had gone into it with a wrong attitude, which is you know a a sin issue as as well. But you know. Those aren't those aren't going away. I'm yes. still this spoiled <laughs> sinful woman, you know, and, and can get myself all into a muddle. But it was like, Oh, I'm I'm going to have duties and assignments and responsibilities, you know, and and, and this type of thing. And it's no no, you're a helper. Right. You know, and, and this is what it started out as. Right. But it, it did evolve around a little bit that that they did realize, you know, there are some things I know how to do. Right. There are some things that you can rely on me, you know, and and so things have evolved that I I have certain chores, right, you know, right. things things that that I do yeah. uh, on certain days of the week. So that means that you know my hours in there. Those ladies are so good to me, yeah. so good to me that you would not believe it. And, and again, I would hope that you would block out this next comment. But as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I have the very best volunteer job in the entire church, yeah. and it's like people should be fighting over this, <laughs> this job. Uh. And and but along with it, you know, goes the fact that that you know if if the day comes where you and it will be you. I'm speaking to Brother Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at him in the eye. It will be you yeah. who will have to come and tell me, right. you know, that um, we need to replace you with someone else or a full-time person now. Right. You know, you you can't do this. And and I will cry. So, you know, know that you have to deal you're prepared, with this. You're preparing me. Oh, absolutely. No, you're yeah. going to have to deal with well, this.
2: Just so you know, I'm not planning on telling you that anytime <laughs> soon. So I'm planning on you <laughs> continuing on doing yes. what you're doing. So... Yeah. Now now also just, you know, kind of catching up, you know, where we're at presently, not too long ago you had a group of, of really young kids come to your oh, house as a part of yes. what our children's department calls the Love Your Neighbor Weekend and a little bit of context for this. Love your neighbor weekend is for children grace three through five. Brother Nathan was leading this and mm-hmm. just as a, a part of trying to help our children learn to serve, uh, we try to find some of our Division four, older adults here at Grace Life, and just serve them in any way. And so they came to your house and did a little bit of help. So what was that like? What did those young people do? T- tell us a little bit about that.
0: Uh, I'm going to back up just a smidge on, okay. on that sure. as well. You know, I, I said that the, the ladies and, and, and men, all, all of the m- members in that office area, are always very good for me. Right. Sometimes even when I don't know I need something they know I do. Same as, you know, I lost my dog year or so ago. They held an intervention and got me <laughs> another dog. Uh, yeah. You know, which I'm not, I'm not real sure I'm thanking them for yet, but but for the most part it's working out. It was what I was needed because, right. you know, I'm all better now, right. you know, yeah. With, yeah. with that sort of thing. And it was as I understand it afterwards, because they wouldn't tell me beforehand. They talked to Brother Nathan. He, you know, went by my house and viewed it, you know, right. with, without me knowing, and did admit that to me that he'd done a reconnaissance run. <laughs> they had told him in the office that if you ask me, I will say no, right, and have a dozen reasons. So don't ask me. Just say this is, you know, what's going to happen, right, and and I can quite honestly tell you that. If I could have thought of any excuse good enough to get out of doing it without hurting anybody's feelings or my relationship with any of these people, I would have done so. Right. And I would have missed out because of pride hmm. uh, that I can't do everything myself anymore. Right. I would have missed out on one of the most beautiful days I've I had with, with the ladies and, and you and Chain and and those kids. You know, right. the, there's something I will remember for the longest time, you know, with with you know, the boys just in awe of you, you know, Brother Matt just cut down a tree. <laughs> you know and, uh. and, and watch it and it it was decent, decent length. It, it had four or five Boys on it, but right. but and they're carrying it down to the curb for yeah. collection. But they're all going a different direction at the same time. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Watching yeah. You get down there. Right. I mean, th- the whole entire day was absolutely yeah. wonderful. Right. And the ladies that came and and you know, of course, you know the the girls all walked as a group every place oh, yes. they went and everything yeah. that they were doing. I mean, yeah. it was it was delightful yeah. for me yeah. as yeah. as well as you know. This wasn't so bad, you right. know. Why, you know, why did this upset me? Right. I mean, it's just bushes, and and yeah. you got it done in one day, and it probably would have taken me through the <laughs> summer to get it all done. Uh, you know. Uh, speaking and,
2: of those those, how those you know young people just look at things. They cut down a tree, and I remember one time we were taking something to the curb, and one of the boys said we cut down a forest here today. I mean, like, you know, it was like they thought we've cut down an entire forest, and, and it was just you know, shrubs and yeah. you know, the normal type of stuff. But, yeah, they, they see things from a little different perspective than we do, I guess. Yes, yes. So, yeah, well, that was a lot of fun. So, Well, Marsha, okay, so you know, that, that's kind of catching us up to where we're at currently. So, you know, if you had to describe your Grace Life story, you know, if you had two to three words that you would say mark your grace life story, and I, you may have to think about this for just a moment, but ha, what two to three words would you choose to say those words describe my grace life
0: story? A second salvation. Hmm. I, I don't don't know if that's going to be offensive to anybody, but it, it, right. it, it strikes me in, in that way yeah. quite often. Hmm. It, it was like an awakening. Right. And awakening to the person, the sinful person I am, or what grace life teaches us to put off and put on. Right. You know? I, I think that's very true in all our lives when right. we, we come under grace life. Mm-hmm. Um, it is that for me. It was just like an awakening. Right. It's just uh, for a while I was, um, I would substitute once in a while in um, a small group class, and uh, usually tell everybody you know who I was. You know, they wouldn't know me right. most of the time; would not know where I was from, but know ideally that you know she's not from here, right. and and that type of thing. And so, usually at the end of the class, or, or the end of my little mini testimony, and and filling them in as to who I was. Uh, I I would give them this little card that is a Spurgeon quote of mine Mm. where where he says that, I believe the doctrine of election because I am quite certain that if God had not chosen me, I would never have chosen him. Mm. And I am sure he chose me before I was born or else he would never have chosen Mm -hmm. me afterwards. (laughs) And he must have elected me for reasons unknown to me for I never could find any reason in myself why he should have looked upon me with special love. Mm. And I just, you know, and, and he has something similar that I've got to go hunting for again. Because it, it came to mind when I knew we were doing this. But he also had a quote in, in a similar type pattern on joining a church. And uh, I need to go back and and find that right. and uh, yeah. you know add it to my repertoire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And whatever. But it, it, Grace Life has become my second family. Mm. It has become my home. Sometimes people will ask and and wonder why or how can I not live near, you know, my children and grandchildren. Well, I have a lot of them. And they're scattered all over. You know, it would right. be. Hard to choose without offending somebody, but uh, I have no desire to leave Grace Life Mm. in any way. It is my home. It is my family as well as my church. It's where the Lord speaks to me and works on me, and I am still a work in progress and and know that and, and recognize that.
2: Well, Marcia, thank you for sharing your Grace Life story with us. Uh, it, I know it started before this, but at a an unexpected red light, a turn into our parking <laughs> lot, and then the Lord has worked and spiritual awakening, and you found a family, and that's just God's grace, as the Spurgeon quote so eloquently says. And So thank you for being willing to share with us today. I know this will be an encouragement to the folks of Grace Life, and uh, we look forward to continuing to serve right alongside with you uh, for the years ahead, right?
0: Yes. All right. Well,
2: thank you for joining us today and hearing a little bit about Marcia's Grace Life story. We appreciate you listening in.
1: We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.